Last week, a Harvard astronomer, Avi Loeb, moved the UFO ball downfield in a big way by announcing the startup of a new rail of research. It's called the Galileo Project, and it's a multi-tiered approach to resolving the question of extraterrestrial civilizations by using new and existing observational technologies to identify evidence from deep space as well as in our own atmosphere. Loeb's initiative represents a giant leap by mainstream science towards the great mystery. Given the man's standing and credentials, expect many of America's previously apathetic institutions to follow suit. And just look at some of the folks starting to climb aboard this new gravy train. Among them is Paul Davies, the British-born Arizona State University astrophysicist and best-selling author who previously couldn't be bothered with UFO data. Hillary Clinton was famously photographed carrying one of his books, titled Are We Alone?, during her alleged briefing with jillionaire Lawrence Rockefeller in 1995. Fifteen years later, Davies' follow-up book, The Eerie Silence, tentatively concluded that the existence of intelligent alien life was unlikely. As chair of the SETI post-detection task group, radio astronomer Davies relied heavily on UFO debunker and fellow SETI cultist Seth Shostak to inform his skepticism. Even as the Pentagon's clandestine $22 million A-tip study of UFOs was well underway, Shostak reassured Davies that neither Uncle Sam nor anyone else can keep government secrets for very long. Wrote Davies, it's not enough for the U.S. government to conceal the truth over many decades. What about the governments of, say, Belgium or Botswana? You might expect at least one of them to let something slip from time to time. Davies' decision to let Shostak protect his UFO flank was an embarrassment that few outside the research community caught. Belgium did let something slip 30 years ago when its military released radar videos of F-16s in hot pursuit of a UFO during the 1989-90 wave over Western Europe. Retired Major General Wilfred de Brouwer, then Chief of Operations for Belgium's Air Staff, even traveled to Washington to discuss it in a 2007 press conference. As for Africa, well, there was that major 1994 UFO landing event involving schoolchildren in Zimbabwe. They got extensive BBC coverage, but radio signals from those incidents have yet to arrive in Shostak's dish. But hey now, get a load of this. Seth Shostak is now one of Project Galileo's science consultants, one of the most ill-informed anti-UFO propagandists of his generation. Shostak and SETI have nothing to show for 60 years of looking for ET with radio waves. And now, as he writes in Scientific American, such prejudice is unhelpful and myopic. But if you think this cat has shed his stripes, guess again. He also proclaims, the subject is obviously important and it should be addressed without 
preconceived notions or opinions based on poor UFO evidence in the past. That's simply not true. There are mountains of evidence that Shostak has refused to look at, and his arrogance remains breathtaking. He goes on, For seven decades, the UFO believers have been belittled by serious scientists for making extraordinary claims without offering any extraordinary evidence. Now, a credentialed researcher seems ready to step up to help. Until now, there were no other credentialed researchers investigating UFOs. What a crock. Anyway, here's a take on Shostak from the old Devoid archives back in 2009 when he was a key figure in perpetuating the UFO stigma that forced so many scientists into the closet. In 1850, nearly 200 years after the last known dodo on Earth died in Dutch custody, a group of British biologists traveled to the island of Mauritius to prove the odd flightless bird actually existed. Failing to recover fossils, they opined that the silly Dutch had mistaken the creature for a cassowary and pronounced the dodo a fraud against science. Fifteen years later, the elusive dodo bones were discovered, but not by scientists. Digging like a madman through a marshy delta, a Mauritian schoolteacher named George Clark defied conventional wisdom and extracted the skeletal remains that restored the bird to its dubious perch in the Chronicles of Extinction. There's a shop-worn mantra, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof, that allegedly skeptical scientists, such as Shostak, frequently appropriate in order to debunk bugaboos like UFOs. To that statement, one might add how such claims require rigorous investigation, witness George Clark, or that the author of that statement, Marcello Truzzi, went on to make another observation about what he called pseudoskepticism. Truzzi, a former New College professor here in Sarasota who finished his academic career at Eastern Michigan University before his death in 2003, had major issues with critics who advanced science by fiat while presenting little evidence to back them up. They tend to block honest inquiry, in my opinion, Trucy stated. Most of them are not agnostic toward claims of the paranormal. They are out to knock them. When an experiment of the paranormal meets their requirements, then they move the goalpost. Then, if the experiment is reputable, they say... It's a mere anomaly. So it's not surprising that Shostak would exclude Trutzi's reservations from his latest book, Confessions of an Alien Hunter. After all, the senior scientist at the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Institute admits his pursuit of ET radio signals is in competition with, quote, UFO fans who, quote, regard themselves as heroes, denied a rightful place in the pantheon of discovery. 
It's empowering to believe that you know something of blazing importance that those ivory tower types don't, despite their fancy titles and tweed jackets. It's class warfare, the proletariat versus the privileged. Should an ET signal be confirmed by radio astronomers? UFOs, he wrote, should have a hard time staying in the limelight. Actually, it's kind of hard to blame this otherwise thoughtful and eloquent astronomer for being so defensive. Like any religion or emerging movement, ufology is inhabited by wingnuts and paranoid gas bags, and Shostak has had his fill of being pummeled by their righteous certitude. But maybe the real hang-up here is semantic. No doubt reflecting the language of his detractors, Shostak persists in attributing the UFO phenomenon to a belief in alien spacecraft. Clearly, he has done enough homework to selectively interject the dusty government studies that let mainstream science off the hook and its confrontations with this problematic phenomenon. The termination of Air Force Project Blue Book in 1969 based on recommendations from the hopelessly flawed University of Colorado study, gives Shostak and many others a pass to ignore all recent developments, such as corroborating eyewitness reports with FAA radar data. Apparently, Shostak writes, if I don't investigate the sightings, I cannot make a valid conclusion about alien craft, but that's nutty. Say what? Maybe they're alien craft, maybe they're not. What we know from myriad government documents acquired through the Freedom of Information Act is that UFOs run circles around the -the state-of-the-art jet fighters, they tamper with our nuclear weapon systems, they exude disruptive electromagnetic effects, and they refuse to participate in double-blind crossover studies. In addressing the 5-10% to of legitimate unknowns in the official studies, Shostak says, No one can conclude that a few are actual alien spacecraft unless you're perversely allergic to logic. Again, maybe they're from other planets, maybe they're not. But can we please refrain from dragging logic into this mire? Logic as a litmus test for reality? Oh, please, just ask the victims of hate or love. This is Life in Jonestown. I'm Billy Cox.